This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Kevin. I want to welcome you once again to Providence Road. If you are a guest with us this morning, welcome. My name is Blake Hilgenfeld, and I'm a covenant member here, and we are grateful and thankful that you have joined us this morning. If you are a guest, we have been going through a sermon series on the book of Ecclesiastes. And so this morning, we find ourselves in chapter 3, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with as you heard Kevin read uh, the verses this morning. Now, it may just be me, but it seems like Ecclesiastes is full of many great songs, right? So a couple weeks ago, we heard the privilege of Jeremy uh, sharing with us, singing with us. It was a special gift. We greatly appreciate it. Elena Morissette's classic, Ironic. Now, many of you may have heard, if you're, you know, 45 and above, The 1964 classic by the birds, Turn, 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 it goes a little something like this. If you're 45, you can sing with me, right? So to everything, turn, turn. You know that one? There is a season, turn. Okay, that's enough. That, that, That was my first public and last solo, so... We'll not do that again, and to spare your ears uh, the pain, let me just tell you that the remaining verses of that song are the first eight verses of the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's all of it. It just lays it all out, all right? So this has to be the most familiar passage in the book of Ecclesiastes. And so this morning, as we break down this passage and look at it more in depth, we get to hear this promise this morning. That there is beauty in every season and every time in our life because there is a God who is not only sovereign over every single detail in our life, but he's also beautiful and good and full of love. And this morning we're going to see how that is wonderful, beautiful, amazing, hope-filled news, all right? So let's pray, and then we'll jump into the text. Father, it's good for us just to stop and recognize that you have brought us into this place this morning. It was your doing. In your time, in your plan, in your season, for some reason, you have brought us into this place. To hear your word being preached. And so, Father, we ask that you would meet us in this place. We know that you are present with us through the Holy Spirit. And we know that you long to speak to us through your word. And so we ask that you will give us ears to hear. That you will help us to see what our greatest need is. And that is you and you alone. So we ask that you would come in power. We ask that you would do a mighty work among us this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last Wednesday was the four-year anniversary of my dad's passing. For those of you who do not know, my dad battled cancer for 40 months. And in the end, his body could no longer fight anymore. Now, as this day approached... 
As I have done over the last four years, I began to reflect on what God has done over the last four years. There has been a lot of change for myself and my family. But there is one thing that has not changed. And that is the calling that the Lord has placed on my life to preach his word. Now, for some reason this year, the Lord caused me to reflect on what does it really mean to preach his word? What is the role of the preacher? What is my main responsibility? What is the ultimate aim and purpose of preaching? And how does it serve the life of Christ's body as we gather together in this place? So ultimately, what is the main point goal of preaching? Now, I want to share a quote with you that I came across as I was reflecting on these questions. And I, I think it beautifully sums up two things. It beautifully sums up and reveals what our greatest need is. Don't read it yet. <laughs> what our greatest need is. And secondly, uh, how it tells us how the preaching of God's word meets our greatest need. Listen closely. Now you can put it up there. People are starving for the greatness of God. But most of them would not give this diagnosis of their lives. The majesty of God is an unknown cure. There are far more popular prescriptions on the market, but the benefit of any other remedy is brief and shallow. Preaching that does not have the aroma of God's greatness, listen very carefully, it may entertain for a season, but it will not touch the hidden cry of the soul, show me your glory. People need to hear God entranced preaching. They need someone at least once a week to lift up his voice and magnify the supremacy of God. For this is our greatest need, to hear and see and treasure not our greatness, but the greatness of God. What a stunning and powerful statement of what true preaching is meant to be. Now, I find this statement not only to be true, but I find this statement so freeing because I stand before you this morning and my goal is not to make you laugh or like me. My, my, my purpose this morning, my goal is not to entertain you. You can find this all around you outside of this place. But my goal, my privilege this morning is to be able to stand before you as God's representative, speaking on his behalf, being his mouthpiece, which as I continue to reflect on that responsibility, that is huge and weighty. And I feel it. And I take this time and what we do in this gathering every week to be crucial and of the utmost importance because it is God's representative speaking on his behalf, speaking his word, telling us and reminding us and giving us the cure for our troubled lives and our sick hearts. It's his word. He's speaking to us this morning. So what do we need to hear this morning? We need to hear this, that God reigns, that God is supreme. I hear Miss Geneva here. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Y'all need to learn from Miss Geneva. 
that God is sovereign over every single thing in our lives, every time, every season that we go through, God is in control. He's in control of not everything that goes along in our lives as well, but in the entire world. That's who God is. Why? Because he is the king. He is preeminent. He is the creator, and we are the created. He is what's most valuable in this universe, and if we have not come to realize that, we are not. His timing is perfect. Ours is not. His plans are perfect. Ours are not. This is what the 15 verses of chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes is telling us. It's shouting to us this morning. God is telling us through his word that everything that happens in our lives, every season, every time, comes about at God's choosing. Look at verse 1. I need something to drink. Can I have some of this? Hager, is that? That's sanitizer. That's not going to work. All right. For everything, there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. God's word is reminding us, telling us, shouting to us this morning that every single thing that happens in this world happens at the time that our sovereign, good, beautiful God chooses everything. God chose the time that you would be born. And God chooses the time that you will die. And God is in control of everything in your life between the cradle and the grave. Every single event in your life, every season, the good times and the bad times. The times of weeping over the loss of someone that you love. The miraculous cry of your firstborn child. The season of singleness, the time of marriage. The season of having plenty and the season of barely getting by. The season of a new job and the season of waiting for something else. Did you bring that for me? Sweet. Thank you so much. Everything, even this cup of water. God, I appreciate that. The season of changing diapers. Anyone love changing diapers? Honestly, I wish I could change some diapers now as I look at my kids. That season. That was a good season. Maybe not at 2 a.m. in the morning, but it was a good season. The season of first dates. That's where we're at now. Not quite, but Davis, you know. The season, I did not, that was not my nose, buddy, I'm, I'm sorry. The season of, I'm distracted now. The season of 
uncertain times of sickness and the times of good health, the times of heartbreak and the times of embrace. Every single thing that we taste, that we experience, the times and the seasons of our lives, everything that happens in our life happens by God and for God. Every single season, every single time that comes into our life comes and goes by the will of a good, loving, sovereign God. Now, this is somewhat easy to believe and accept when things are going really, really good. But what about when difficult and painful seasons of our lives come about? Not so much, right? It's harder to believe and accept in the hard, painful, dark seasons of our lives. Especially when we hear these words in verse 11. Look at it. God has made everything beautiful in his time. Really? Man, there are seasons that we go through and we wonder, how can a good God, how can anything beautiful come out of this season that we are in? And it's in those painful times, in those dark seasons of our lives, the reality is, man, we are blinded by the darkness to see anything good or beautiful, but we find ourselves longing to see what is good and beautiful, even in dark painful seasons of our lives, and we are asking the question to seek to understand. Listen, have you ever asked God the question, why, during a painful, dark season of your life? That's kind of a silly question, right? It's a given. We all have. We all can relate to this because this is the human experience. Deep down, we are hardwired to know the future of what's coming. We are hardwired to ask the question why, to seek understanding of why God is doing what he is doing. Why is he bringing this time and season in in our life? It is absolutely natural for us to ask this question. But, and this is difficult, we are not promised that God will give us the answers to the question why. And that's what the last part of verse 11 means. He says that God has put eternity into man's heart, which means that he's put this this desire, this innate desire within us to to see the good, to see the beauty, to seek understanding, to uh, try to understand what's going on and what is coming, yet so that we cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So in other words, God has given us this desire to want to know and seek understanding and to to know what's coming in the future. But he does not give us the satisfaction of fully understanding why he does what he does. Because the understanding of why God does what he does belongs to God and God alone. And we are not God. Now, we may not... We may not like that passage, that truth, but as we will see, it's actually really good news. Because at the end of the day, guys, we are not the ones orchestrating the events and times and season of our lives, God is. We are not the ones in control of what's coming next, God is. We are not the ones writing the story of our lives. 
God is, and ultimately, this is a beautiful and good and great thing. Why? Because we make absolutely terrible gods. We are finite. We are weak. We are limited. And we are incapable of doing perfect goodness or good. But God. Those two words, right? But God. God is infinite. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He has the authority over all things in the universe. And the one thing that exists within the heart of God is perfect goodness. Perfect goodness. And he loves his creation more than we can ever imagine and hope for. And because this is who God is... We can trust in this promise, even in the darkest, painful seasons of our lives, that God has and will make everything beautiful in his time. Why? Because that's who he is. Four years after my dad's passing, I can truly stand before you this morning and tell you that I have been able now to see some good and beauty in his death. I could not then, but I do now. And I'm sure you're with me in those painful and dark seasons that you've experienced. You can't see it in the moment. But if you look back, you can see the good and the beauty that God was working in your life through that dark and painful season. It may not have been the the, the story that you would have written. It definitely would not have been how, how the story would have gone for me. Man, it was painful. It was dark. And I still have so many unanswered why questions. But this is what I have come to see. And this is what I've come to understand. Listen very carefully. When God brings about a painful and dark season and time in your life, it's meant to do one thing. And that is to wake us up to our greatest need. And what is our greatest need? Our greatest need is for God and God alone, period, end of story. The truth is, oftentimes when things are going good in our lives, you know what happens? We find ourselves seeking and desiring and needing, wanting God less. We find ourselves seeking security and safety and happiness and satisfaction in His gifts and not in Him. But in the painful and dark seasons of our lives, Guys, it's meant to be this means of grace that God brings about in our lives to be this megaphone shouting to us, all you need is me. I am sufficient. I made you for me, and apart from me, you will find no rest, no satisfaction, no true security, no true safety. All you need in this life and the life to come is me. And I clearly see that now as a result of walking through that painful, dark season of my life. All I have is Him. All I need is Him. And the same is true for you. And nothing can take this away from us. Nothing. Guys, in that moment when my dad breathed his last breath, everything that he loved in this world was taken from him. 
Every season that God brought about in his life had come to an end. And the grave was waiting for him. But that's not the end to his story. Because of the work that God did in his perfect timing through the work of Jesus Christ, that promise of everlasting life is the story for my dad. And it's the story for you and me if we are in Christ. There will come a time where we will finally be at rest. A time of perfect wholeness, a time of perfection, a time of endless peace, a time where we can finally enjoy the presence of God and enjoy the fullness of His glory uninterrupted. And it would be the most satisfying thing that we've ever experienced in this life. And there will come a time where we won't need anything else because we have Him and He has us. And we have everything that we need. And this is absolutely beautiful and good. Guys, this is our story. This is your story if you are in Christ. This time will come. We will finally receive what we long for in this life. And that is ultimately him. But until then, all right, it's not yet. So what do we do in the already but not yet? What do we do today? This is what our passage is telling us, and this is what I've come to see to be beautiful and good and true. Look at verse 12. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in this toil. This is God's gift to man. Listen, when you experience a time with something or everything that you love in this world is taken from you, Guys, it wakes you up to truly live. If you've experienced that, you know what I'm talking about. It wakes you up to truly live today, not tomorrow. You don't not start living in the, uh, when the next season that you're looking for comes your way, guys. We live right now today because when those things are taken away, we begin to realize and we waken up that right now is truly a gift from God. And everything in our life is a gift from God to be enjoyed today. And those things can be taken from us in a blink of an eye. So enjoy them. I mean, really enjoy them. Be thankful for where God has you right now in this season, in this time, because this is exactly where a good, loving, sovereign, beautiful God, where he wants you to be. I know that may be difficult. So you may have to cling to that promise. In spite of how you feel, God's word is telling you, I got you right where I want you to be. It's because of him that you get to hear that sound of that crying baby at 2 a.m. in the morning. It's because of him that you are in a job that you love, or it's because of him that you are in a job that you may not like, but it's providing for every single one of your needs. It's because of him that you have a place to live. The season of your family's life right now is a season to be enjoyed. It may be a difficult season, and the promise is a new season will come, but until then... Seek to enjoy the season that he has you in. 
Seek to be content. What I've found in my life and what is really sad is for 45 years, most of the time, I'm always looking to the next season of my life, hoping that the next season is going to give me what I ultimately desire and want, but it never does. It always fails. So this last four years has, has really caused me to wake up and to realize, man, what God has given me today is meant to be enjoyed. My kids, my family, my job, you guys. I'm in a season right now where I may not be able to preach like I used to, but man, I'm taking every opportunity to enjoy right now. Because it's a gift. It's a gift from Him. And so, application, what do we do with all of this? It's pretty simple. Not easy, but simple. Today, right now. May we just stop and open our eyes. And see the goodness of God. And maybe a season of time that you would prefer not to be in. But I guarantee you there are things in your life that when you look hard, when you, when you open your eyes, you'll see that God is right there with you. And that he deeply, deeply loves you. And he's taking care of you. And he promises to do all things for your good. All things. And I know, I know, I know, in the moment you may not see that. I didn't see it in the moment. If someone would have told me that in the moment, I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. All I see is darkness. All I feel is pain. I'm actually pretty numb right now. And so I'm just reminding you through his word that he promises to make everything beautiful in his time. That is his promise. And we may not fully understand the why until we're finally with him, but that is true. So you cling to that. And if you need help understanding that and seeing that, then you look right here. You look at the body of Christ and you look at the blood, the blood of Christ. And you see a God who knows suffering. You see a God who has tasted pain. You see a God in the midst of it that you think, man, how could a good God bring his son through this, but the ultimate plan was beautiful, and that was for your redemption. So, even though we may not see it, we can trust that God is good, that He is sovereign, that He is beautiful, and ultimately, that is the best news ever. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful and thankful for your word. It is your word, which you have spoken to us, and you've given us the Holy Spirit for understanding, and we're so grateful and thankful that you have spoken to us, that you desire for us to know you, to know who you are, so that we don't have to make up who you are. You tell us who you are, and you are a sovereign, good, beautiful, loving God, and we rejoice in that, find our hope in that. Find our confidence and security and safety in that truth that you are working all things for our good, that everything that we taste and experience in this life comes by you and for you and you promise to make everything beautiful in your time. Help us to believe that truth in the midst of painful dark seasons and seasons that we wish we may not be in. 
Will you help us to cling to that truth and help us with our unbelief? You can handle that. We know that and we thank you for that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.